Life, Love, and the Grind coming back at you. We again have uh, Jeff Jacobson joined by Sean Allen um, at his remote location as well. Jeff, um, every time we see you, I hate to say it, but the news seems to be getting a little worse and worse. But um, you are always there to kind of guide us through some of the questions that members in the community, our members, just about anyone has. And um, I bring the New York Times from today. I'm losing track of the day. It's Friday. Unrivaled job losses accelerate across the U.S. We heard uh, 10 million uh, people filed for unemployment. We've gotten a couple of questions offline um, and more questions will be coming in. Uh, the phone number, if you're watching, to ask your questions, to dial in is at the bottom of your screen. So make sure that, um, well, please make sure the phones are set to uh, low. But we have some questions that are coming in. Sorry, you had a couple of questions that came in prior to the show starting. Would you uh, please read off some of those? And actually, Sean, I'm sure you have some questions as well. Um, tell us what's, uh, what's going on in, in the construction industry. Well, so far, so good. Everyone's still working for the most part. Um, we all are still essential workers. Job sites are up and running unless they have any outbreaks of COVID-19, which some job sites are shut down, but a lot of um, a lot of them are still going, which is, you know, it's a good and bad thing. You know, we want our members working all the time, but at the same time, it's definitely a risk. And um, a lot of our members have chosen to not go to work due to the to the risk factor of getting this um, COVID-19 and we support them just as much. But I mean, yeah, up to, you know, we're going to get into this a little bit later, but I think what up to 10 million people on unemployment. I mean, that's never a good thing for, for anybody, including the construction industry. And um, I'm just glad that JB Pritzker and, and uh, Illinois has kind of stayed strong with keeping our uh, members working and you keeping know, our job sites up and running. We have the same in the broadcast industry. Uh, we, we've been talking about this at length, uh, Jeff, is that a lot of people who've worked sports, who've worked productions, productions have been closed down. I know you fielded a lot of questions with that. Um, and off camera over here, we have Sarah, who's going to be uh, reading out some of the questions that come in. Um, I know you had some questions that came in, were emailed before the show. If you could read off maybe one of them to uh, prime the pump, if you would, <laughs> if, uh, get Jeff started on uh, what's going on. And, and feel free, as you're listening to this, to uh, write in with your questions. We can also patch you on if you want to be part of our live stream here. Yeah, so I have John Rizzo, um, part of the live stream, as well as Kim Nicole. So before I, hi, Kim. Before I put you guys through, I'm going to read off the first question that came offline. Um, the first one is, if we're being paid our day rate for canceled events, are we still eligible for unemployment? So as long as you're getting paid, you're still eligible. Uh, if you anticipate that you're not going to be working, I would file for unemployment benefits. And let me give you just a quick um, overlook of how it is. So if you're not working, you file for unemployment benefits, but every two weeks you have to report any wages you receive. So you could be unemployed and receiving wages, and then that'll just reduce the check that you receive. So you're still eligible, just but for a smaller amount. Is that how that works? I just want to make sure right. I understand. So it correctly. starts off with the unemployment benefit amount you get, which is the weekly benefit amount. And for those that are following us, they're probably going to learn the terminology eventually. So your weekly benefit amount, you're entitled to receive up to half of that as wages. And, you know, if it's not wages as an independent contractor, uh, things like that, it doesn't impact it. But so it's wages, tips are considered wages. And you receive half of it, and then it's dollar for dollar eats away 
at the remaining amount of your weekly benefit amount? Okay. Um, I think that answers that question for me. Um, Sean, do you have any questions as, uh, yourself? And I'll also take a moment to introduce uh, Sarah Yetza. John Rizzo is joining us. John Rizzo is uh, my counterpart at IBEW 1220. Um, he was a guest on our show before, represents CBS. Um, CBS, WGN, Channel 11, and multiple sport sporting um, em employees and workers in 13 states, I believe, John. Is that correct? Yeah, we um, we maintain national contracts for both Fox and CBS as well. And uh, we've been very fortunate that uh, both Fox and CBS have decided to pay the workers um, that were scheduled uh, for those events that uh, ended up being canceled. So uh, a lot of those folks are, are kind of uh, sitting on their hands right now. So that's good to know that they can also file for unemployment uh, as well, uh, just for a reduced rate. So good to know. I'll let those those folks know as well. Right. Uh, folks. On the hours and then they're entitled to, well, there's a federal kick in, but we'll just do the state 26 weeks of benefits. Uh, so if they don't use it all every week, it's the total is 26 times their weekly benefit amount. So Hopefully it's not going to last longer than 26 weeks, although the federal government has kicked in a supplement. And then I should point out, uh, for those of in the union, you know, some of the union members get laid off off-season. Um, there's an additional $600 now that is going to be um, supplemented from the federal government. So whatever benefits they may have been used to getting, it's now going to be significantly uh, larger with the $600 supplement. You know, I did have one question. I had heard that you have to wait a week uh, for unemployment to kick in. Is that still the case? Has that been changed? So it's not the case uh, right now. And it's so the waiting period, part of the, um, the law that was enacted by the federal government is an incentive for the states to get rid of their one week waiting period. You know, you... You have such a calming presence, Jeff. I'm honestly just going to say, it. Uh, when when you're in the most stressful of the times and you bring that calming demeanor, it really means a lot. Um, I know Kim's on here. I'm going to patch Kim through. Um, hey, Kim. Hey, Kim. Kim, can you hear me? Hello. Hi, do you have a question for Jeff or anyone else that's on the panel today? Actually, keep it restricted to Jeff. He's <laughs> on the hot seat today. <laughs> He's right under the hot lights. Uh, what do we have for Jeff? The one question I would have is the $600, is that a monthly benefit, unemployment benefit, or is it a weekly additional? It can't be weekly. So it, it is, um, as I read it, it's a weekly benefit addition. So you're you're capped off your state amount could approximately be about 500, 550. There's actually a table of what it is. Um, and then you're entitled to a, a credit for having a spouse that doesn't work or dependent children. So it's going to pretty much double um, what the amount is. Now, bear in mind, the uh, unemployment benefits for the states is, is only to get through the necessities. I have a feeling the intent was for the federal supplement is so that you would spend money and you would you would get the economy going again. Um, that's the intent of that. That's the intent of the check you're going to get between now and I think I heard August. Um, so those those are the intents of the federal government kicking in the 600 a week. So that's retroactive then? 
it so I don't yet know the answer, but you do raise a good question. So if you had filed for unemployment and you're still not working, but your 26 weeks has run out, you're done. You can't collect uninsured unemployment for this period now. If you've been on unemployment and you're, you know, today is the 26th week, you'll be able to get it extended under the federal law and the $600. Um, I anticipate the 600 will go back to the date uh, that you the law was first enacted or when you were severed, whichever was later. Sorry to use legalese. Well, we are, uh, I'm just trying to reconcile the fact that we have some listeners who have said that they filed some on the 12th and, and still have not received that 600 and, and, uh, and why that might be. Well, it takes time for the federal government to move it. So the, the, um, those in charge of the funds, the directors have to move them to the state. So the state hasn't received them yet. Uh, just like, you know, I just heard on the checks we're getting, uh, the stimulus checks, uh, for some people, they may come soon. Others, it may not be till August by the time the money gets transferred and the checks get cut. Great question, Kim. Is there an additional question for you before we move on to the rest of our panelists? So you're saying that on the, the state that there is now a one-week waiting period, say that I filed last Friday, which in fact I did. I had problems trying to get into the state system, and um, maybe they were crashing because they were overloaded, and I finally was able to get in last Friday, and I filed and set up an account and did their whole job link thing. Um, and I tried to certify because it said like yesterday was my certification date. Oh, okay, good. And they said because of uh, volume or whatever, my certification date is Tuesday, March 8th. But normally the certification day will then be a Wednesday. So things seem to be changing there because they're getting attacked at every angle by people like myself who are into the system, but I obviously earned enough credits from enough of my uh, IBW twelve twenty freelance work that uh, I'm eligible for a benefit. So and you're telling me that the six hundred dollars is going to be a weekly benefit over and above. The question I was concerned about is how long is the wait? It's only a one week period, so like maybe like next week it's see a check. So uh, let's make sure we're clear. So there used to be a one week wait. Uh, relative to the coronavirus, there's no longer one week wait. So when you filed, if you, depending, sounds like you filed before the CARES Act or the, um, I'm going blank on the other act, when those were implemented in March. So you filed before March 20th, right? No, 27th. Okay. All right. So there is no waiting week for you. Your benefits start at the day you were severed, the day you were laid off. So that's when it starts now. Okay. Yeah, they just felt like flies. So my last day was like the first week of March, and that was the last thing. After that, everything was canceled. Right. And But you filed on the 27th? There was some work, but things were just dropping. Okay. And before right. you know, it, it, the, the, everything dropped out that week. The week of the 27th. It ended in the 27th, and that's when I did the uh, filing. Actually, I had, like I said, I had a hard time getting through to the server because it would not, you know, always kept crashing and freezing and locking up. 
All right. All right. Well, let's go on to the next caller. Yeah, thanks, Thank Carla, you very that. much. Um, and, and again, I apologize if it looks like I'm looking at my phone. Uh, as you can see, clearly I have my number uh, put out there. So I'm getting some calls and texts as we uh, come in. Um, sorry, why don't you read the next question and then I'll, I'll get to some of these questions. You had one uh, listed over there. Oh, okay. So this is a pretty comprehensive question. So put your listening ears on, Jeff. Um, I have a question. This is from Scott Pillsbury. He says, I have a question about the $1,200 that I filed for um, taxes last year. And then my partner is not a child um, and is my dependent. Would I get $1,200, $2,400, or $1,700? So just to recap, he's saying that he filed $1,200 in taxes last year. And for his partner, who's also his dependent, would he get $1,200, $2,400, or $1,700? So for marital, it's $2,400. And so um, you know, I don't know the answer to the question because the federal government um, doesn't, well, they have to under federal law now because the courts recognize same-sex marriages for those that have that. It should be if you are married, you will get $2,400. If you're just living with the person, then you'll just get 1200 and that person will get whatever they're entitled to. Fantastic. So I've got some more questions. Um, I don't know if, and, and again, sorry, because we are getting a lot of questions and we're just coordinating. Um, yeah, so we're running this the show today as um, a public service for everybody. Um, if you have questions, and I apologize if we cannot get to your questions. Well, um, we do actually but have we're going to try. Yeah, and we do have some private sessions, Zoom meetings. I got to tell you, uh, Jeff, we are very fortunate that you've uh, again joined us. I know through um, being on our show, you've also gotten a lot of uh, traction, publicity. We should now refer to you as seen on TV, Jeff Jacobson. <laughs> I know you've made the appearances on the media circuits uh, around town again. Um, uh, but that's because there's a lot of people that have questions. A lot. There's nowhere to go for answers for most of these people. So just one of those questions then is, do the texts that are being paid their flat rate for canceled shows consider being laid off for those weeks? So, it, and let me tell you, I know a little about this. Yeah. So they, they were canceled and they're going to get paid in the future. Um, so for those that don't have work, you are now severed, laid off, whatever term you want to use. Severed is the Department of Employment Security term. File for unemployment right away. That's what we've been saying all along. The second you're losing work, file for unemployment right away. Then when you receive wages, you're going to call in, as that one caller had said, you're going to call in and you're going to have to report the wages you receive. They'll then calculate what your benefit amount is for those two weeks and then you'll receive your check. It's approximately, well, it's no longer checks anymore. Uh, you'll receive your money a couple days later. So if you anticipate money in the future, but you're not working, file for unemployment benefits right away. If you're just joining us, we have Jeff Jacobson, who's uh, by now an expert on uh, all questions <laughs> unemployment related. You were in, uh, tell us your qualifications. You were an appeals general? Oh, so I, so I worked for the Illinois Department of Employment Security in the appeals division as an administrative law judge. I heard about 10,000 cases, decided on about 10,000 cases uh, related to unemployment. So, 
you know, basically it asked me to, if I can talk to the members and I realized everyone needs help. A uh, couple things I wanna mention. So this isn't well known, but if you are calling in, you have a problem, you're calling in to the Illinois Department of Employment Security and it's five o'clock, you've been on hold waiting for someone to answer and it's five o'clock, I'm being told they'll still answer the calls. As long as you're in line um, at five o'clock, they will still try to pick up that call. So stay online if you are. Um, it's probably one way to keep you sheltered in place too if you're stuck on the phone. And then the other thing is if you have um, very unique questions, you can call your local rep. I know they're overwhelmed, which is one of the reasons I'm doing this. Uh, but you certainly call your local rep if it's a unique thing. Uh, and you can contact me too. I've had people who are going through the application online and they're showing me uh, shots of where they are on the screen and asking me how to answer. Because there's, you know, there's some people that, you know, their hours have been reduced or they're not going to work because of the coronavirus. And that isn't a choice yet on the application. Um, it asks whether you've been fired, whether, whether you've been laid off. And so, you know, there isn't the choices for every situation now. I, and if you're um, joining us, I also do want to introduce the other people who are on uh, the line with us. We have Sean Allen. Sean, give, give us a little introduction to yourself. Well, obviously, I'm the co-host of Life of the Grind, which is the biggest thing we got going on, obviously. And then uh, organizer with the Workers Union. Um, and obviously, you know, dealing with this construction side of our union uh, panel. And uh, if you heard that annoying woo-woo off the camera, that is my lovely wife, Sara Sadat. <laughs> Sara, give us a little uh, uh, about yourself, a little information. So Sean calls me the incredible Sara Sadat, only because mm. I pull po polarity between the co-hosts down together and become the glue in the mm. middle. Um, I, honestly, I could just be sitting at home and doing nothing and knowing the three of us, we're not those people. So we try to find creative ways and creative ideas on how it is that we can benefit every single person that has impacted our lives. And Jeff is one of them. Um, we're gonna continue to bring this out to you guys as long as you need us. We got tons of questions on Facebook. Uh, um, and but let's before get to I go those, there. Uh, John, uh, tell us a little about yourself, John Rizzo. Sure. Um, Sarah, you are incredible. Thank you for helping me get on it. It's such short notice. It's it's amazing that uh, I work in a tech field and can't seem to get the computer running the correct way. So I, I appreciate that. Um, I'm the business manager of uh, IBW Local 1220, which is a broadcast union uh, out of Chicago here. Uh, we maintain about 13 states within our jurisdiction. We hold two national contracts for sports. Um, as well as a, a few TV stations, a few radio stations here in town. Um, and uh, also the corporate, uh, Kim Nicole, who was on uh, previously, works on the uh, corporate and entertainment side uh, of the industry as well. So we have a pretty full plate with a lot of folks, and about half of them or more are unemployed at this moment. So it's a pretty scary time for uh, the industry that I, I uh, help work in and oversee. And I'm uh, Raza Siddiqui, the other co-host of Life, Love, and the Grind. Um, also the vice president of NABIT, Region 4 vice president of NABIT. Um, and this, again, is a service not just to 
all of our unions in the building trades and in the broadcast, but to our community broader at large. You can't look at a, um, a headline like this in the New York Times. Again, the unrivaled job losses accelerate across the U.S. and not want to help, not want to get that information out. And again, you've waived all your fees and, and, and have agreed to come on. As much as we'll have you, and, and just remember this as you make the media rounds and the media circuits, that you started with life, love, and the grind. And uh, if, if there's two calls coming on at once, you know who to pick up first. So definitely. Jeff, Jeff will always uh, be with us helping our members. Um, we have, I'm sorry, you're raising your hand like a, a student in a I class am. that's not in session. So please, what do we you have? Guys we're trying to adhere to our six feet apart um, yeah. studio space here. So therefore I am not on camera. Um, so just remember me from one of the previous show recordings with my curly hair yeah. talking. Um, so Russell Roberts actually had a question. Um, if you're receiving or expected to receive unemployment benefits, will the PPP or care benefits still be available to those on UI? So the, the PPP, which is a payroll protection program that applies to employers. Um, and that's, it's an interesting thing. So it doesn't impact unemployment benefits. However, if you are an employer and you're listening to this, you, you want to get the PPP, you want to apply. And my guess is they're going to run out of money rather quickly on that. Um, I heard that there was like thousands of companies that applied locally. Uh, so what happens when an employee files for unemployment benefits, they receive money from the state. However, the employer is going to pay that back by having their food and suda tax rates increased. Um, and so next year they'll have their food and suda tax rates increased, and then they'll be paying for the next three years an amount of money to replenish what was paid for claims. If they apply, if the employer applies for PPP, they get a loan uh, up to $10 million. There's parameters. But if they use 75% of that money to pay their employees, even if they don't work, uh, that loan then becomes a gift and they don't have to pay it back. And then because they're paying their employees and their employees aren't on unemployment benefits, their tax rate won't go up under food and suda. I've been talking to a bunch of businesses uh, about that, and, and until I mentioned, no one really saw the issue. No one really understands. I also, before I forget, I got some notes here. I want to uh, point out that if you're collecting unemployment uh, benefits, one of the questions, and John, you brought this up because this is hurting businesses, what's going on right now. If the employer goes bankrupt, closes down, you still get your benefits. It's not based on the financial position of the employer. It's based on whether the state has money or not. So don't worry about the position of the employer. We want employers to do really well uh, for jobs when we get through this. But if they do close down or file for bankruptcy, that does not impact your unemployment benefits. Hey, Jeff. Yes. Uh, th thanks for answering that. that. That was a big question that I had. Like I said, I, I maintain... Um, some jurisdiction over the corporate uh, and entertainment side. A lot of those folks are laid off and I push their contractors to take advantage of both PPP and uh, EIDL uh, as well, if that works for them as well. But that that's a, that's a great thing to know that um, they could use those 
uh, loans or they become grants if you use them for wages. And so right. we're pushing them to kind of see if they can pay them for for cancellations like the sports side as well. Um, and, and that's going to be a huge help uh, to, to display some of that burden that's been put on the members. And, and to apply, it, it's not too hard. I, I do have, I'm going to make a plug for my website. So I have the list of the Illinois um, lenders that are working with the SBA for this on my website. So you can go to Jeff Jacobson Law, J-E-F-F-J-A-C-O-B-S-O-N-L-A-W.com. And it's on my website. I have a page related to the coronavirus. Um, so they can borrow two and a half times last year's wages, up to $10 million. The only requirement is that they use 75% of it to pay wages, and they use the rest only for utilities, wage-related expenses, rent, and mortgage. And, you know, and it's up to $10 million, and they, they have until June, I, don't, I think it's June 30th, to bring the employees back to work and pay them. So there's, it's a very liberal plan. Even if you don't meet those requirements, it's a 0.5% interest rate. So it's not hard to meet it and then it becomes a gift. You don't even have to pay a penny back. Um, if you don't meet all the qualifications, there is a, a percentage that you have to pay back, but I don't know why an employer would not do this. Um, I also want to remind any of our viewers and listeners that uh, our phone number is down there. If you don't want to ask a question or put your information on publicly, do text to that number your email and your question, and we're going to try to arrange some Zoom technology meetings later, some private sessions later. So I want to make sure we deal with that. I'm also going to plug your website a little bit. Okay. I, I know that uh, with the Illinois um, uh, unemployment office continually crashing that, that you have put some of the forms, at least in Illinois up there, so people can pull them off yours. But that brings me to a question we got out of Texas, as a matter of fact, that they've constantly been calling and can't get through. They cannot get through on their unemployment there. And I'm sure that echoes in multiple states. We're not just dealing with Texas and Illinois with these crashes. I'm sure it's happening Ohio. everywhere. Ohio, yeah. we're hearing now. Um, what do people do? I mean, what is the um, what is the way to be effective, efficient, get what you're entitled to, get the work and the money that, that is yours when you can't get past the system? So I don't know what they do in other states. Um, what it, And so in Illinois, what they've changed now, your benefits didn't start till when you got online or you went into the local office. That was the day that it started because of all the problems they're having now, your benefit starts on the day you were separated from work, the day you were severed. Okay. Um, that sounds really good, but if you have, like you have union members that, you know, were laid off, you know, let's just say today, and then they can't get through and I'm embellishing for two weeks, they need their money now. Yeah, we all uh, do. For a lot of people. So it's, it's nice that when you get through, you can go, it goes back to the date you're severed. Uh, so one of the things I was suggest, Gene, is that I have the form online, I could fill it in and mail it in. If you're in Illinois. Yeah, and so I've talked to some reps um, who have, have discussed this. Um, that we're not really sure exactly what would happen except for 
that would show the date that you were entitled to benefits. So there's a, you know, they're getting this worked out. Last week they added some more systems okay. so they can take more online. I heard if you go on at like 10 o'clock at night till three, four in the morning, you'll get through. I know I've been talking to a lot of people lately that are actually online at the moment. Uh, and, you know, they contacted me because they need help. Uh, oh. So I know people are a lot more people are getting through. Um, it's just going to be a struggle. And then the certify. So every two weeks when you need to call in and just just if you're a union member, you're not required to normally look for work like non-union members have to. You just have to follow the union regulations when you certify. But I don't know how those phones are going to handle, you know, the millions of now people that have to call in every two weeks. I don't know how they're going to do that. Well, you know, another thing that we noticed the last time we did this is people had printed out some of this material and right. they were sharing it uh, right on the side. They're telling people, email me. I have some of the forms. I think another thing we could look at is at least, uh, I don't know if you'd be willing to put stuff from other states. I don't know if legally you can, but maybe... I'll look to see if we can do that as well, just so some of those forms are out there and accessible if, uh, if our members can't get it off the state website. The incredible Sarasada can handle that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean, thankfully, <laughs> yes. It's, so right now I'm focusing on Illinois, and there's it's enough helping people out that's keeping me busy for me to have to go through but the remaining four. Right. So, well, so if you are if you are in another state, I suggest – look for the application form in your state, you know, do a search on whatever the department's called in Illinois, it's Illinois Department of Employment Security. Um, I think Texas is a workforce and do a search on Texas workforce and application for unemployment. Just before I forget, I, if we do have members from Texas, I have reached out to and gotten some contacts out there as well from some labor organizations. So I'd be happy again, text me at the number down uh, below, and we will get you um, a reference down there as well. So hopefully that yeah, can at so least help out. The questions are around out-of-state. Um, we have we have uh, two different types of questions kind of coming through, and I see a pattern in the amount of questions that are coming. You know, John, if I, can, if I oh. can interrupt, can I ask you a question? Sure. So, yeah. so under the new FMLA, if an employee's fearful or, well, we'll go with the easy one, uh, kids have to stay home because of a order by the governor. Uh, the employers have to pay after 10 days of the employee using their paid vacation. Do you know how the union contracts are handling that situation? Um, no. Uh, I, I could tell you a lot of the employers, and not just in, in this state, but my uh, counterparts across the country are dealing with a lot of employers that have been caught flat-footed. Uh, right. They don't know how to handle the sick time. Um, what I've I've sent our members, and I've actually sent management uh, this as well, is they get that additional um, the additional two weeks. Uh, right. The ten days of sick leave, and then those folks that have children. Uh, that have to stay home because their schools have been closed, which I think this is the situation that we all live in now, to get an additional 12 weeks. Um, and I, boy, I hope I'm saying that right. Um, but they get an additional 12, uh, 12 weeks of paid sick leave. Is that, is, does that sound so, right? uh, Very close. So the FMLA now that's been modified twice, 
Um, what happens is it's 10 days, which turns out to be two weeks. It's yeah. five, Monday through Friday is the five. So it's 10 days where they um, can use their paid vacation. And then after that, for 10 weeks, the employer has to pay. Um, and there's the formula on there, although I think it caps out at $200 a day. Um, I don't remember exactly the formula, but then for 10 weeks, the employer has to pay if they're on FMLA. If they're not on FMLA, okay. uh, then the employer doesn't have to comply with that. Sean, you've experienced some of that in building trades too, right? Like if, if people felt unsafe or had um, childcare needs that, that there were some protections, I believe. Yeah, I mean, no one's no one's forced to go to work. If you don't feel comfortable, if you don't feel safe, if you are the only working person in your family of maybe five or six or more or, or two, and you don't want to be risking it and bringing it back, then you can you can be laid off and um, without any repercussions. Uh, how has it been out there? Ha have you noticed um, most people showing up to work? Um, what's what's it like in the construction industry? I'll tell you. In the broadcast industry, I mean, people are going. There's fear. There's some fear. There's some anxiety, obviously, because the uncertainty of the situation. But people are doing what they're out there to do. How's it in construction? Well, like I say, I mean, the, the jobs are still going, and there's a lot of huge projects. And I mean, if people want to work, they want to work. I mean, I don't know how much social distancing is working. I know, like I say, with the with the union construction side, they're doing all the best precautions that they can do in distancing and trying to spread out different trades and just different times and stuff. Um, on the non-union side, there's absolutely nothing. Of course, they have no, you know, no precautions. They're, they're not, you know, with the union, they were taking temperatures and they were making sure that if anyone felt sick, they were being sent home. But yeah, I mean, like I say, our guys are, you know, you know, the construction guys are all resilient. You know, they all come, they're, they're used to it. So they're just taking the precautions, but you know what, like I tell them, I mean, every day you go on a construction site, you're putting your, your life on the line because for one, it's a dangerous business regardless. So with this, you just have to be extra careful. But if you don't feel well, just stay home. And if you don't feel comfortable working, then please stay home with your family and don't risk putting them all in jeopardy if you don't want to work. Oh, you know, every day we're seeing kind of uh, the governor coming out and giving the new results about how many people are getting sick in Illinois. And you obviously want to avoid that cluster if you're feeling even a little bit unwell, don't put yourself in a situation where you're going to expose other people to uh, to this going around. So you're absolutely right. And I think it sounds like people are being very proactive in the, uh, uh, especially with union um, labor. Well, today's kind of oh, protective gear too for everyone. Oh yeah. yeah. Let's talk about that a little. Um, Sarah was waving like she had a question. Yeah. Just in line with what you guys were talking about earlier, are there any benefits or anything additional that somebody who is at the age of 60 with outlying health conditions, can they apply for anything on top of unemployment benefits during so, this time? So I, there's not additional benefits, but if, you know, besides disability that you might be collecting or social security, um, I did have someone call me, they had lung surgery a couple of years ago, lung cancer, they have one lung now, doctor said you can't go to work. Mm -hmm. And so um, she's not going to work because of it, and she'll be entitled to unemployment benefits. Um, I do, you know, this wouldn't probably happen with unions, but for the non-union members out there, um, there is employers in Illinois 
that are reducing the wages based on the benefit that the employee gets. So there are employers that are asking the employees to tell them how much money and employment benefits they're getting, and then they're reducing their income by that amount. Um, I just want to let people know that that's illegal in Illinois. An employer cannot change your employment because you're getting unemployment benefits. Uh, so if that they even ask that, I'm telling you, I've gotten calls from people um, that that's exactly what have ha has happened. The employer said, "I'm going to pay you less. This will help me out," hmm. um, and because you're getting unemployment benefits, and it doesn't matter whether they're paying them the amount of the unemployment or a dollar less, you can't change the wages because they're receiving unemployment benefits. I mean, obviously this doesn't apply to union members because you guys got a great contract, but for well, those that aren't. Just another reason to be union because you have that extra protection, people looking out, people telling you and advising you what these employers can and cannot do. But uh, right. again, thank you for taking that case. And I, I'm familiar with that one because I believe it was one of my referrals uh, to you. And I, I'm glad that, that you were able to um, at, at least tell them what they're entitled to and what they should definitely not let employers do. Well, that's the first, but I'm hearing a lot of that happening, and I'm sure it's happening throughout the United States. I only know Illinois law, which it's illegal uh, to do that. Fantastic. Thank you for clarifying. Um, I'd like to talk about the, the CARE Act is in the news. Um, a little more about that, if you would. There was actually a question that was pertaining to that. Does CARE apply to pass-through income, or is it unemployment insurance a better option? Can we benefit from both as so, yes. it pertains to CARE? So, so the, the check you're going to get in the mail if you make less than $99,000, they're two independent things. So you'll be able to get unemployment benefits, and you'll be able to get that stimulus check um, or direct deposit. Um, just a little note, so if you were receiving money back in the past and you gave the IRS your bank account on where to direct deposit the money, uh, you'll be one of the first to receive the stimulus package. If you didn't give the IRS your account and routing number and information, they're going to mail you a check in that process. I think they calculated is going to take months they are looking to put a system in place where you can submit your bank information to get it direct. But those two amounts, completely independent. Well, you've yeah. answered my question. I'm hoping that we answered Russell Roberts' question. If not, please go ahead and continue to interact with us on that. Yeah, there's, um, a, there's a lot. So when people talk about the CARES, um, I'm guessing there, there's a lot of provisions in there for the health industry, uh, but I'm assuming they're talking just about the, the stimulus check to them, which is going to be about $2,400 for a couple, and it starts going away when, you're, when you make more than $75,000. I want to go around the table of um, our host. Again, we have... Uh, um, Sean Allen. Sean, do you have anything in particular as well? Any questions, any comments? I want to make sure that everybody has an opportunity, again, to uh, get advantage, take advantage of just knowledge here. Well, Sean can call me. No, I think, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I'm just kind of enjoying the ride and enjoying all the questions from the um, from the public. But, I, you know, is there, are they, are they on top of this website, though, 
Jeff? Are they really working to try to make sure that this website and all these callers are going to be an easier process? Well, for unemployment or for the cares? For unemployment. Right. So I don't know. Um, there's, I can't find out as of yesterday whether they're going to add more resources. I know last, I think it was Friday, they upgraded the uh, computers and the telephone lines. Um, I, I hope they do, although I have a feeling with the new schedule. So for those of you that don't know, there's now a schedule based on your last name of when you should call in, what day you should call in to kind of spread out the load over the week. Um, so I think that's working well. Um, although if you, once again, their, their biggest time frame is 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. So if you call outside of those time frames, I'm sorry, not call, go online, um, you'll get through a lot better. Um, I haven't heard any complaints um, yet from individuals that they can't get on. I have talked to some state reps yesterday, and they're staying. They're still fielding calls from people that can't get on. And, you know, I did talk to them and, and explain that there actually are a lot of people in Illinois that don't have computers at home, don't have Internet. And now that all the libraries are closed and you're supposed to shelter in place, um, it makes it difficult, in which case I suggest that if you can't um, go out for health reasons, go to my website, download the form, mail it in uh, as, as a last resort. Do you um, want to tell me the website one more time, Jeff? Oh, I don't know if I've even told. Oh, yeah. So it's yeah. jeffjacobsonlaw.com, J-E-F-F-J-A-C-O-B-S-O-N-L-A-W.com. Uh, John Rizzo, IBW1220, any questions, any additional clarification, anything you're hearing from your members that you want to hear more about? Uh, yeah, um, actually, I got a call or uh, a text from one of my members while we're uh, discussing this. Um, I have members that work all over the country. Like I said, I got about 13 states in the jurisdiction. So one of my members from Ohio who works all over the country, so he'll work, he'll, he'll work the Masters in Georgia or uh, baseball or football or what have you, in all these different states, he wants to know where he should file. Should he file in the states that he works or should he file in his home state? Okay, actually, thanks for that question. So the suggestion I have is um, they should figure out which benefits are better in their home state where they live or where they're working, because they have the option. Uh, there's reciprocity among the states. Uh, so they'll get that, who actually does the work, what state actually does the work to process the checks. Um, that being said, if if they don't want to or it becomes too complex, which it, it is, uh, they can pick either one. So they can do it in their home state or they can do it in the state they work to apply. Um, it may come down to which state you can go online and get through to. Um, and, and just if you are a NABET member watching, um, our suggestion is that you file in your home state, that you file where all your clients will be directing. So that's just something that we're advising our, our members to, but uh, your point's very well taken for, for other situations. Right, it's, it's, if you wanna read statutes and law and you've got nothing but time on your hands. Who's, got, you with the who's <laughs> got anything to do these days, huh? <laughs> Except for the uh, people on the front line, thank you for what you do yes. in fighting. Yeah, so hopefully that answers your question, John. 
can they can they file uh, in multiple states? I guess is the the follow up question on that. So technically, they can file, but only one state will be accepted and process it. So they're not going to get um, double benefits. Uh, that won't work out. And some states may actually require them as one of the things to apply that they haven't applied anywhere else. Sorry, have you, do you have any more questions? Coming I do. Sure Actually, this is uh, this is a great question. Um, I'm gonna totally butcher his last name, but uh, I'm gonna you, try. Actually, sorry, you know what? I, I don't believe you no? need to read anyone's names. Okay. Just, just the questions. Well, it, it's a great question though from one of our watchers. Um, uh oh. I filed for unemployment. <laughs> then the company said that they would pay us for the days that we were scheduled to continue to work. Do I have to report that even though I'm not working? So yeah, so if you're sitting at home and your employer's paying you wages, um, that's wages. So you actually wouldn't be unemployed. It's when you're not making what you were that you're unemployed. So it's not because you're sitting home. So if you're, and that's why I was saying the uh, payroll protection program is awesome because if an employer can pay someone while they sit at home, they're not collecting unemployment benefits. The employee now is getting their their wages the employer won't have a higher tax rate all right yeah. although I, you know I, one of the things i haven't actually calculated so with the 600 dollars supplement i don't know how that's going to work out yeah hmm. no that that's a very that was a very interesting question i actually had a question very similar to that um the other questions that seem to be coming in and again on a pattern basis uh, related to independent work, contract work, what does that look like? I mean, if I have a contract for one day versus the next two days or I hop around a little bit, how can I file for unemployment? Like, what do, what do my numbers look like? So you want to file for unemployment benefits if you your job has lessened. You know, you were working five days a week, you're now working three days a week or two days a week. You file for unemployment benefits. Then every two weeks when you report your wages, you report the wages you've received for those two weeks, and then that'll be deducted from your unemployment benefits. So if you're working less, go ahead and file. There's no fee for filing. There's no one-time-in-a-life filing. You can file as often as you get laid off or reduction in work. Um, there's no sanctions or penalties if it turns out the employer's gonna pay you wages. So go ahead and file, and then whatever you receive, you'll be able to, you know, you report it. And you also asked about the independent contractors. So independent contractors are not entitled to unemployment benefits. The state of Illinois will have up, hopefully soon, the ability for independent contractors to apply and to be able to get their benefits. All right. I don't want to take any time away from more questions coming in because it looks like there's quite a few questions. Do you have another one? I do. In, um, it's a 10K small business grant, a viable a, a viable option for 1099 slash W2 sole proprietor who has no employees or and very little overhead. So I'm not I'm not familiar with the 10K plan. It's so. a small business grant. Um, I think that was specific to being a small business grant. And I know sure. you're doing the unemployment portion of the employee part. Right. So if you're, if you're a sole proprietor, 
you're not going to get unemployment benefits, you know, so you might as well, you're not going to get the payroll protection uh, program plan because you had no employees. You have to have employees uh, by February 15th um, to be able to do that. Uh, so you won't be able to get any benefits. So if you can get a grant through the SBA, I'd go ahead and do it. Um, once again, all the SBA banks are on my website. Uh, if you know you have, you know you need a list of them. And not not every bank is an SBA bank. Not every bank will handle an SBA loan. Um, I do have the application for the Payroll Protection Program Act on my website. If you want to fill it out ahead of time before you go into the bank, uh, go in quickly. It started the application started this morning when the banks opened. Understood. Um, and if you're texting me, uh, watching the show, if you're not and you're just a friend of mine, my phone is with Sarah, who's getting questions uh, coming in on that. And that's why I'm not returning them. But another thing I want to remind you, if you're watching and you want more personal attention, send your email. We'll try to get some offline things going, some Zoom technology things going. As busy as Jeff is with his newfound fame in terms of the media appearances, he's always been there for our members and been there for our community to get the answers out. Uh, to anyone who wants them. So please, let's let's not take advantage of that, but get the information we need because if you get it, chances are you can share it with someone else who needs the exact same um, guidance that you probably did. And actually, so I'll correct you. I do want you to take advantage of this because um, it's probably one of the few opportunities to get free help with something. And I realize people that are you know going through this situation it's very tough. I mean, you have to still currently pay your mortgage. Uh, the rent, while the rent is, um, the you know, courts are closed and the sheriffs aren't evicting people. If you don't pay rent in five days and the landlord gives you a notice, they can start the proceedings to have you evicted. Now, it won't happen for a while, but now there's nothing you can do to reverse that. Once those five days have expired, and the landlord you know, decides to evict you, if a month from now you come up with the money, you want to pay double and the landlord doesn't want to, you're out. So um, take advantage because I want to help people out that are having a financial crisis. And I'm going to toss out my phone number too because people haven't uh, taken advantage of it, so I do get some free time. My phone number is 331-222-9529 uh, if you have any questions. All right, you know what? We'll pop that up on the screen in a few moments as well. I've just given Sarah something else to do. Well, and just she's frowning. At you can leave that. Hey, Jeff, question for you. Um, on the eviction thing that you were just saying, I, I thought I read somewhere, isn't there like a four month stay uh, for evictions in Illinois at this point? So there's, there's a stay. So right now, um, nothing's happening because the courts are closed, the sheriffs aren't serving, and then there's a stay on the eviction. Um, but you know, my reading of the law is that means you can't evict someone till after that period. You can't, um, if they don't pay rent, you can't evict them in that period of time. However, my reading of the law is if you give them a five-day notice and they don't pay, you can then, when that stay goes away, start evicting them. Okay. And my guess is if they're four months behind, it's going to be really hard for them to catch up anyways. I, know, I mean, I know there's a lot of tenants that are now not paying rent um, for whatever reason. Um, but my concern is um, if they're, you know, 
if they think they're going to be able to stay there and the landlord serve them with a five-day or 30-day notice, they may need to be looking for a new place. Um, that's, that's why I'm putting this out because I'm worried about those uh, those people. I mean, as well as the landlords. I mean, landlords have bills and not every bank is being decent about the situation. I just want to remind Sarah, you don't have to raise your hand every time a question comes out. Just read it out. We want to make sure we get everyone's uh, questions answered. So a couple different questions around, uh, would Jeff be willing to share his email? What's your email, Jeff? So it's info at jeffjacobsonlaw.com. So absolutely. Yep. It's on his website as well. So go ahead and go to his website. All of his contact information should be there along with the phone number, his business line where you can reach him. And I like, so the point, one of the other points behind this, I learn if you ask me tough questions, I'll go research it. So I'll have the answer and then I'll post it on my website. So try to come up with tough questions to ask me because I like it. And I'll also uh, put a plug out there for us uh, as well. Um, so we've helped uh, Jeff quite a bit with the technology aspect of this and communicating. Again, that's what as communication workers we try to do. So the best way to get involved with the Zoom technology, some of these other um, virtual meeting things we're doing, the one-on-one -on -one calls as well, is to reach out to us at Life, Love and the Grind. And Jeff has uh, uh, been sharing our resources as well. So we wanna make sure that uh, you have a way to get your questions answered. We have virtual screens set up as well with our Zoom. So uh, reach out to us either way. Right, but, uh, right. and I, I do want to reiterate that if it wasn't for Sarah, Sean, and Raza, that this wouldn't happen, that the, the members and the public would probably not know anything about this. I would be sitting in my office um, not being able to answer all these questions. So I want to thank all three of you. And we really want to thank you for coming on every single time we have requested it to get questions answered. It continuously comes up again, Sarah's hand goes up, which means more <laughs> questions are coming in. Yeah. So another amazing question. Uh, when filing, I was asked how many weeks I made over X amount of money, but it only allowed me to put two digits into that field. Should I assume that they were asking for the past year or this person has worked for this company for over eight years? That would be like triple digits. Right. So, you know, some of those questions ask about your whole period of time you were employed. You know, I've, I've had people call me. They've been employed 20, 30 years. Uh, there's no way they can know the full number. Uh, do the best you can. What actually happens is all employers submit the wage information to the state of Illinois. The state of Illinois already has all the accurate information they need uh, to do the calculation. So just do the best you can uh, on those things on the wages. And, you know, your, even your date of hire um, isn't critical because they only calculate it. So your benefits are calculated on a one-year period, but it, it ends um, – the quarter before the last. So if you go back five quarters, four quarters, three quarters, and two quarters, that's the one year that the state of Illinois calculates it. It's based on your employer. Um, and then you raise another issue. Uh, and there's a lot to unemployment. Some employers don't report it uh, to the state of Illinois. So if you go to file for unemployment benefits and your weekly benefit amount is zero, uh, that may mean the employer didn't report it or there was some mess up. So you want to straighten that out with the state. If you can't straighten it out, you'll file an appeal 
and it'll get straightened out through the appeal process. You know, we did hear from several of our members that a big employer, um, they couldn't even find the W-2 within the sites. And upon a lot of our members calling up in the last show we did, they were able to resolve that in the right. company again, just because no one saw this coming. The company hadn't submitted, I guess, the right bridge paperwork, which has since gone through. And, and we've heard from members that it has. Um, so just wanted to get that out there. I also, Sarah's raising her hand, so she has another question. I do want to mention something for any of our members at NABIT, if you're with IBW, you also perhaps subscribe to the um, the Entertainment Industry Flex Plan. We have another tutorial video on that as well. Um, that's on on uh, my personal site. Um, if you'd like to take a look at that, but we just want to make sure that everyone knows that they there are resources to get the information you need. So make sure if it applies to you that you watch it. At the end of the day, I mean, that that was majority of the questions. We have wireless issues. We have internet issues. We have lack of accessibility issues. So we are, Life Love in the Grind has a webpage. It's called lifeloveinthegrind.com. We are also on Facebook. Look us up. Again, Life Love in the Grind. And if you can't, um, you don't need to put in the commas and the and that are shown behind Raza and Jeff right now. It's literally life, love, and the grind. So um, our email address is also life, love, and the grind at gmail.com. We made it super simple. Our YouTube channels also call the same thing. So if you need to get a hold of any of us, feel free to reach out to any one of these platforms, any one of these mediums. We're expanding on Instagram. We're expanding on Twitter. So I think we're LinkedIn out too now. And we have a LinkedIn. Yeah. So Find us any every which way, any which way you need to. Oh, to don't get forget your WCPT questions. Radio uh, Sundays three yeah, o'clock every, every um, Sunday. WCPT nine counties and get your questions answered there. And speaking of which, yeah. we actually don't want to forget the workers who are out there, um, whether immigrants, union, labor. So we do have Arai Chicago joining us on our show Sunday. Uh, 3 o'clock, WCPT, 8.20 a.m. But, Sarah, thank you again for reminding where we can hear this. And I also want to remind any viewers, listeners, that Jeff's also available for some Zoom meetings that are more private. Um, if you have some questions that weren't answered and you can get some more private time. And, and he's also done some one-on-one -on -one calls usually after these um, sessions with our members. So make sure to keep calling and texting if you have some questions you want answered privately. Jeff, you're not getting out of here this easy. That's why I got these three waters for you. <laughs> Well, this might be the last time, though, you'll see me uh, this close to Raza. It's with, we're beyond six feet, but it's... Um, you know, we were discussing that. Um, uh, again, with the technology, um, we are trying to encapsulate whatever we can to stay safe, be compliant, but get the message out there because people need to know this. But as we transition from the economic... Um, losses that we're facing to also the the growing health crisis we really do need to um to, to use technology to to help that out i know we did it the last time it worked quite well but yeah. um, i wasn't ready i'm not an expert like you <laughs> you know if we have a few minutes I, I would like to go over the process for unemployment yeah please do so so for those of you that are you know first in, involved in it, what happens is you go online you fill out the application and then someone from a local office will decide whether you're entitled to benefits or not. Uh, most likely you will, but it's a human person that makes that decision. They will then start the direct deposits or the debit to you. Um, the employer that has, they'll receive a, a letter that there's been an application filed by the employee and the 
the employer can then file a protest and they have a period of time to file the protest 30 days. Um, once the protest is filed, the local office will then look at it and decide whether you're entitled to benefits or not. Um, they could send you out a check right away and then decide, you know, it turns out you quit and it wasn't related to the COVID-19. And so they stop your benefits and now they want the money back. Um, both employer and employee, if they don't like the decision of the local office, they can then file for an appeal. And you just simply have to send in a letter saying that you didn't like the decision of the local office. You should give an explanation, but you don't have to. And then there's an appeal. And that's where an actual hearing happens. So in the local office at the early step, uh, someone from the local office may call you, ask some questions and make a decision. At the appeal, there's actually a hearing where you present evidence, witnesses. Um, there's also law firms that if you can't afford it for both the employer and the employee, that'll represent them. Um, if you don't like the decision of the appeal, uh, then you can bring it to the Board of Review. If you don't like the decision of the Board of Review, you could file an administrative uh, review hearing with the trial court. That's actually a court. Um, and that's pretty much the end of the line at that point. Uh, so that's the process. So not everything works perfectly as we're seeing. Uh, and so there's a, a process to get it corrected. Well, fantastic. I think you answered most of my questions. Let's go around the table and then uh, we should be able to let you off the hook. Unless I answered all my questions. <laughs> Sorry, any more questions coming? Yeah, there, there's always tons of questions. Uh, but let's go around the table yeah. real quick. Sean Allen, any questions? Sean Allen with the Bricklayers, co-host of Life, Love, and the Grind. Any questions? No, I think you answered it, Jeff. I just want to thanks, say thanks for coming out and uh, being accessible to all of our members and uh, yeah, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people hitting you up, and uh, yeah, we appreciate your time. But I think uh, all well, of our questions are all platform too, because if you guys didn't start yeah. it up, we wouldn't have had this today. That's yeah, absolutely. absolutely. That's what we're, we're here to spread the good word. We're here to tell the story. You know, uh, John Rizzo, IBW twelve twenty. Any any questions, comments? No, I I, I think we're good. Um, I'm very encouraged to see that there was a, a couple of my members uh, on the on the, uh, the live comments, and I, I think their questions have been answered. If not, we know how to get a hold of you, Jeff. So thanks so you much. You do, John, and, really and appreciate feel it. free anytime, weekends, evenings. Give me a call. I'd be happy to help as best as I can. Thank Sounds you so good. Much. And, uh, what not a question, but a comment from Raza Siddiqui, Nigat uh, 41 Vice President, is that. Uh, you will be available. I guess it will be a question. You will be available for our Zoom meetings with our members for more private uh, meetings over the weekend or wherever right. else, or whenever your wife tells you go do something else. Correct? <laughs> yeah, I actually think my wife's paying you guys to make me do this. <laughs> <laughs> Times are tough, yeah. and uh, so, I yeah. can't pay you enough to keeping Raza busy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, you guys are right. It's very important to get this information out there to our members. Jokes aside, we try to keep it light because the, the times are very tough out there. There's a lot of uncertainty, but I think friendship, togetherness, working across unions, IBW, uh, bricklayers, NABET, uh, attorney, we have Sarah Sadat. Uh, you, you know, and I, I do want you to come in and I, I want to give you acknowledgement before for all the work you did, but I think it's important that we come together and realize that even though separated because of the crisis outside 
we are together in this fight in spirit and soul. So thank you for that. Sarah, you've got some questions. Yeah, you can be let out of the doghouse later today. Uh, there's a question that goes, how is uh, IDEAS going to calculate your weekly benefit amount if you work both as a freelance independent contractor, which you invoice your wa wages for labor and work and uh, under union contracts, right? But you also receive a W-2 income. How would they be able to figure that out? As an independent contractor, he's both IATSE and IBW member. So all his W-2 income, I assume that he was just saying it's all W-2. Um, all that is submitted to the state, so he'll report the employers, um, and then they'll use that to calculate. And that's why I said if the number isn't wrong, you can contact the local office and let them know what the information you have, your tax returns, your W-2s, to show it was miscalculated. If the local office doesn't satisfy um what's going on, you can then write uh, to the appeals division and appeal that. And that's where the hearing is. You submit your documents. Uh, something like that is pretty straightforward and pretty easy. Well, thank you very much. And one last question. I swear to God. Well, well, I, 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 I do want to say one thing. You had mentioned that that you work with IBW and IATSE. I know a lot of IATSE people also need some of these resources. We had just read an article and I believe it was I think it was on Channel 7 last week about that that they're facing this in, in big numbers. So please, if you want to spread the message, make sure to share this um, this message so your co-workers, the people that you care about also get the benefit of this. And actually add them on the text chain too. Let's, uh, let's get them involved in this conversation because we're going to continue it so long as we have to. So not necessarily a question, but just a statement. Um, unemployment applications are next to impossible to do on the phones. Um, Illinois has them, people based on last numbers, A through M, can call in Tuesdays and Thursdays. N to Z can call in on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So that's that's really valuable information on their website, on IDES website. So go ahead and call, if your last names start with A through M, call in on Tuesdays through th Thursdays to kind of minimize the impact and the phone bandwidth usage that we have going. Um, N to Z, last names, call in Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And you guys have all been fantastic. Keep your questions coming through. I'm just gonna make one plug for our show on Sunday. Um, again, we've dealt in DuPage County with uh, the coronavirus um, affecting some businesses. We have two advocates for workers' rights, uh, Jorge Mojica with uh, Arai Chicago, who's gonna come and talk about working conditions in Cook County. And we also have, um, Sarah, I always uh, mess up the name. Can you help me out with this or do you not have the notes? Sean, maybe you can help me out. I think it's Cristobal Avascos. Cristobal Avascos, I think. Love you, bro. Wherever you are, <laughs> love you. Save me every time. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, and so he'll be joining us. He's been fighting for workers' rights in one of these factories that was affected to make sure that the sanitary conditions and the cleanliness are conducive to getting the workers back out there. So as, as we continue this conversation, we're gonna go between um, how to address the unemployment issues and how to address the health and safety issues because both of these are vitally important. And somewhere along the line, we'll bring in people who talk about how to uh, work out at home. You know, we gotta, we, we gotta, we got to stay on top of it on all fronts because at the end of the well, day, we had the great Andrea Metcalf too last week. She was a great guest talking about fitness and health. Absolutely, and she was talking about her website, how you can actually watch this from home and work out at home. 
um, and, and get the benefits of the training at home. And she's doing that again, just like yourself, Jeff, for free, just to help people during this time of uncertainty and this just time of stress and anxiety. So I want to thank all of our guests who have always uh, come out there and been there for us and, and for all of you guys. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, you have that phone number that's at the bottom. Keep texting if you um, if you want to, to be on our private Zoom call later. But thank you again. And um, uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, stay cool. Take care, everyone. Thanks, guys. All right, Sue.